are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a November 12th Sunday evening edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host for today, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer at many places. Mostly these days, I'm writing over at LeBronWire.com, part of USA Today Sports, and I am also your host for Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have podcasts for all the NBA teams, and of course, we have Locked On Blazers here with myself and Seth Johnston, Uh, and, you know, hope you guys are excited, hope you guys are liking the season so far, Uh, I know that, uh, you know, this is, uh, the Blazers have have had a tough week, you know, it has not been an easy week for Portland, Uh, a week ago, we were here, and the Blazers just had, you know, a phenomenal win, against the Oklahoma City Thunder at home, a Thunder team that basically everybody thinks is in, you know, another, uh, in a different, you know, category than the Blazers as far as Western Conference teams are concerned. And a team that, like Portland, has also had their struggles in close games, but they they had their struggles against the the Blazers uh, last Sunday. The Blazers got that win and then failed to get another victory the rest of the week. They lost a one-point heartbreaker to the Memphis Grizzlies, 98-97. Dylan Brooks uh, playing big minutes for the, the Grizzlies down the stretch, coming back to Oregon and... Uh, sending a message uh, and, and, and breaking hearts here in the place where he went to a Final Four uh, and, and all that. And then not only do the Blazers lose to a Memphis team, which I think is for real, by the way. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are, are, are definitely for real. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think there's no shame in that loss for the Blazers. Obviously, you would rather they, they – they, I mean, they, they had a C.J. McCollum jumper at the end, which – you take nine, you know, ten times out of ten. Yeah, I, I would be okay with CJ taking that shot. Uh, I know it's early in the season, but I do think Memphis is going to hang around. I do, do think they're going to be in the playoff picture as long as Conley and Gasol stay healthy. And uh, you know, I, I haven't been given any reason to to believe that they won't be healthy. And I think you know, as long as those two guys are in there, you have a situation where. If you're Memphis, you know you're going to be competing against pretty much every team in the league most nights because you have two good players and the inexperience around them, whether it be Dylan Brooks or someone who hasn't been on the Grizzlies in years past, like Tyreek Evans, who had some big buckets against the Blazers this week. You know, I I think there's something Spurs-like that those guys can just kind of make everybody fit into their place because they so seamlessly fit into theirs so it's kind of a you know lead by example type of situation and not only that they play so great together and so the Blazers lost to the Grizzlies which you know not that bad of a loss but then on Friday they lost to Alan Crabb and the Brooklyn Nets 
at home 101-97 and that was not quite as forgivable of a loss it has to be said you know the Nets I, I, I had some hopes for the Nets that they might be kind of interesting, that they might be kind of plucky, but then Jeremy Lin got hurt. They don't have him. You know, they have Spencer Dinwiddie out there, but I, I don't necessarily think that, that what's that Brooklyn is a team that Portland should be losing to. And uh, the, they were just unable to get buckets down the stretch. I, the small lineup that Brooklyn went to late, seem to kind of mess the Blazers up a little bit and throw them out of whack. And most notably in both of those games in the final couple of minutes, Yusuf Nurkic did not finish the game uh, against the Nets. I, I think it was when it was more notable because Ed Davis got stripped down the stretch uh, around the basket. And uh, although he had some good screens and, and obviously rebounded the ball well, the 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 Blazers, you know, they could have used Nurkic out there, but at the same time, Nurkic against that small lineup, I I see where Terry Stotts was going. Not only because the lead went up when Davis went into the game, but just with the eye test, you know, Nurkic wasn't really punishing the small lineup that the the Nets had out there. He 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 was taking some awkward shots. I think maybe he was trying to back in too much. He wasn't taking advantage of it by getting extra rebounds or extra possessions. Uh, I I see where Stotts was going with that by not being sold on Nurkic, despite the fact that Nurkic had a very good statistical game. He had 21 points, 10 of 20 from the field, but only five rebounds. And that continues to be the story for Yusuf Nurkic this season is that he's just not getting as many rebounds. I will say, though, with the caveat before people take this and say that I'm bashing Yusuf Nurkic. His defense has been stellar and his defense is also a major reason why the Blazers have a top five defense so far this season. That's right. We're nearly a month into the season. The Blazers have played 12 games so far and they are currently top five in defensive rating, which is something I thought I would never say. And Despite the fact that the they have blown some games here, and most notably the one against the Nets was just really bad, and they're at 500 right now, you know their point differential seems to be encouraging and 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 is more encouraging. Again, you have a situation like Oklahoma City, who again has a really nice point differential. They actually have a better point differential than Portland. They won tonight, by the way, on Sunday, but. Portland, I think, is showing the signs that you need to see defensively that, you know, okay, top five right now, maybe not a likely thing that's going to happen. But if they can keep this top five rate and sustain it and be top 10 for a whole season, you know, that offense should come back around. I, I, I really do think that that offense is going to come back around. I do think that, uh, Nurkic will kind of find a way a little bit on the offensive glass not to say that you know he he needs to do any more and and I think Lillard you know I think Lillard's three-point shot is also going to come around he's only shooting 31 percent from three right now but he's getting them up and I I think it also has to be said uh, that even though the Blazers lost some games here they didn't have Al Aminu 
and they still won't have him for a couple more weeks. And they, the right now, Aminu is the plus-minus god on the Blazers. And if you look at his his numbers of when he's on the court and when he's off the court, it's it's a pretty drastic difference for the Blazers. And and uh, you know that 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 should be a, a grain of salt. And again kudos to the Blazers even though they lost you know they didn't have poor defensive performances really in the same way that you probably would have expected them to even though they didn't have Aminu obviously they're better with Aminu uh, on the court especially on the defensive end but they they haven't been you know just letting teams get up 110 100 115 points you know, they lost a game where they gave up 98 points and they lost a game when they gave up 101 points. And, you know, is that uh, ideal to lose close games, especially to teams like the Grizzlies, who, while I think they're going to be a playoff team, are a team that Portland, you know, is going to be competing for a seed with and a, a team that they could be competing for tiebreakers with down the stretch here. But, or down the stretch, not here, but down the line in a couple of months. And,. They need that, but they, I feel like, have played better as a team. And if you're looking at this team right now at 6-6, six and six, to me, I'm thinking about 11-20. and 20. I'm thinking about, you know, the, I'm thinking about this, the starts that they had the last two seasons where they still managed to make the playoffs and... It seems right now that they're not putting themselves in that position, and I I know that the offense is struggling right now, and and I know that uh, a lot of the problems are coming when when Yusuf Nurkic is on the floor, and and they need to do a better job there. But at the same time, th- they just need everyone else to play better. I think Nurkic can still play better. I think he can be better on the offensive glass. I think he can be better uh, in the in the kind of paint area, not necessarily the rim but uh maybe a little bit better in the painted area but still or 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 at least get to the line a little bit more perhaps uh but but that could be a way where Nurkic could be a little bit more effective and the Blazers are playing well though otherwise with Nurkic it has to be said this is kind of a nitpicky critique and that's obviously, you know, where they're going to look at it is, you know, how can we get better? And that this is clearly a way that they can get better is that, you know, Nurkic can maybe be a little bit more active on the offensive glass, whether it's, you know, creating more deflections and, 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 and or things of that nature. But, uh, you know, the, their offensive rebounding when Nurkic is on the court is at 21.5%. And as a team, the Blazers are a 26.3% offensive rebounding team. They're one of the best in the league, mostly thanks to Ed Davis and Caleb Swanigan. Those two guys are incredible on the offensive glass, and and they have they really boost the team's offensive rebounding. And it also should be said that some of Swanigan's numbers are also you know joined with Ed Davis's numbers, so that you know there could be a little bit of blurring of the lines there. Swanigan has had some good games, but Davis is much better than him. It should be said, but you know they, they had a rough week. They went one and two. And uh, McCollum missed a would-be game winner that I think you take. D'Angelo Russell had some clutch buckets, and the Blazers couldn't get a clutch bucket down the stretch. 
and Nurkic didn't play, but I, I think that that is, while it is an interesting story that he didn't play and that he left after the game and did not speak to reporters, which obviously added a lot more intrigue to that whole situation, I do think that Terry Stotts had a lot of basketball reasons to make that call, uh, not just Davis playing well, but also the fact that Nurkic, he didn't look like he was making the the Nets pay for their small lineup, and it looked like the small lineup had a lot of momentum. Um, so, I, uh, you know, the Blazers, they, they had a rough week, but uh, it seems like they're going to get things back on track. And uh, we'll, we'll tell you what Yusuf Nurkic had to say uh, today in a second. But first, just wanted to give you another message from the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have tons of podcasts. We have Locked On NBA. You can subscribe to our whole network. You can find our podcasts on Spotify. You can find them on Apple Podcasts. You can find them on Google Play. You can find them anywhere. And, of course, you can find our podcast wherever you get podcasts with myself, Seth Johnston. He has some great guests, uh, some really funny guests, and 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 uh, also you know they have good basketball observations. Seth Seth knows the game really well, and so I'm I'm really excited to have him. He coined the term lobster for uh, those of you out there who who listen to our podcast. Thank you to the lobsters who keep supporting us. So uh, yeah, uh, th- thank you for listening to the show, and 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 thank you for being patient with us as we changed to megaphone and 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 changed all that stuff over from audio boom. We really appreciate it. But Yusuf Nurkic uh, wanted to clarify the whole situation of him leaving the arena before the reporters got to the locker room, and or leaving the locker room as soon as reporters got there. And uh, he said that he was in the treatment room. This is from Mike Richmond of the Oregonian. Usually I need to do a better job with you guys, the media, and wait no matter what. My back was hurting, so I was going to get treatment in the room. So, and and Terry Stotts always one to avoid confrontations and stuff like that when it comes to decisions because he's going to make these decisions throughout the year. And a lot of times it, it really isn't about what one guy isn't giving you and just it is about what... Stotts thinks he can give and and Davis has has played really well he set good screens he gets extra possessions you know what you're going to get out of Ed Davis and I think in that situation that's probably what he was going towards and the fact that the the Brooklyn small lineup looked like it was working really well the 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 center they had in there Quincy Acey kind of quick nimble offensive rebounding type of guy that that Davis could hang with and Stotts told Richmond that you know it wasn't about Nurk as much but Nurk doing a job kind of maturing a little bit I think uh you know from what we've heard a lot about especially from the Denver folks which is is perfect timing as we head into this Blazers Denver game Monday night and you know that is that he would pout that is that he would make a big deal that is that he would you know, find a way to make the situation all about himself. And to Nurkic's credit, he hasn't done that. And he avoids that drama. He avoids having a a kind of a scuttlebutt played out in the media, which, you know, has happened uh, to him in, in Denver, which should be said, you know, with the whole Jokic thing and, and everything that went down, you know, he gained a bunch of weight and, and, and he was unhappy and all this stuff. So, I, I really do think that the 
this is a, this is a good thing. You know, the fact that that Stotts didn't play him in two games, and while I don't think he was doing it to teach him a lesson, I think maybe this gets you to a point where you know Nurkic has to confront this again, and uh, he has to confront that situation happening. And you know, he's young; he's still twenty three. You know, there are going to be nights also, too, in today's NBA where as a seven footer, you know, while he does play well and and is really nimble and really quick. And the the Blazers also, it should be said, play at a really high pace with Nurkic on the court. You know, there there are probably going to be nights where, you know, maybe the flow isn't dictating that he should go. And, And Stotts is really a big flow and feel of the game guy. You know, he's very analytical very process oriented and is very patient but in the games you know he also you know observes that and I think there are going to be times sometimes where you know maybe Nurkic is, isn't going to be ready to go out there and I think Nurkic is going to rebound I think Nurkic is going to in in both senses in 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 both you know the senses of those of the board rebound I think he's going to get more rebounds and I think he's going to rebound from not playing here in these in these past few fourth quarters and I think this is a great time for him to face the Denver Nuggets, uh, his former team, and and get a shot to uh, you know match up against some old friends and uh, maybe bring back some memories about uh, Jokic and all that stuff and the, and the big moment that he had in the in the final weeks of the regular season before he got hurt against the Nuggets and the Nuggets come in winning three straight games. So th- this is also going to be a, a Nuggets team that's coming in with, with momentum right now. Uh, they're actually third in the Western Conference right now at eight and five, just ahead of the San Antonio Spurs, uh, who also have an eight and five record, it should be said. But uh, the Blazers at six and six, they started the season well for the most part, but uh They've struggled mostly offensively. They lost a couple of home games that you, you think on the schedule that they could have. Uh, and they, you know, m- messed up some opportunities there. And now uh, they're going to have to face some tougher teams. You know, they, they get Sacramento twice this week. So that's nice for them. But uh, other than that, you know, they're going to be facing tough teams. Never Playing at Denver is never easy. They've got... Jokic, they've got Paul Millsap, who's always strong against the Blazers and just always strong in general. Uh, I shouldn't even just say just against the Blazers. He's good against every team in the league. And so uh, Millsap is, is going to be a problem for Portland. Noah Vonley is probably going to get to that and uh, to get to that matchup. And, w- w- you know, we'll see how they handle it. But they're also just going to have some other tough games uh, the rest of the week here. Uh, they're going to face Orlando, who has been better than expected on Wednesday. And then they're going to play Sacramento twice, as I mentioned, on a back-to-back. They're going to be at Sacramento on Friday night. And then they're going to be back home against the Kings on Saturday night. So that's the week ahead for the Blazers. They have some tough games. And their schedule right now, uh, it should be said, you know, has been pretty easy. Uh, according to basketball reference that, you know, they have not had, uh, you know, that hard of a schedule, 
but uh, or they have had you know some pretty tough teams, but their schedule not as hard as it could have been, and now you know they've really got to make hay with these two Sacramento games and having two home games again, uh, because you know these road games are going to start to accumulate. They've been at home a lot. They've had eight games of their twelve games at home so far. So. Uh, you know they they've benefited from having a home heavy schedule. They're about they're 500, but they could also be in a better situation. And that Brooklyn loss was was a tough one to take. Uh, D'Angelo Russell you know, with some big plays there, but Portland I think is still in a good place in being at home against those two teams, Denver and Orlando, and then also Sacramento on Saturday. Uh, they should win you know, at least two of those games, at least three of those games, really, they need to win three of those games. They got three home games and Sacramento is bad. Like they're really bad. They're, they're a team that you should not lose to. I think they're, I think they're worse than the Nets. Uh, I, I, I really, you know, De'Aaron Fox has had some good moments. And so this is a team that's probably going to get better as the year progresses, but they're, they're still not a team that Portland at this point in the season should be losing to. And we just talked about the week. We talked about De'Aaron Fox, and I think in years past, when you look at a really fast athletic point guard that can go out there and attack, you're thinking as a Blazer fan, well, how many points is he going to put up? And, uh, you know, you're probably still going to think that because the NBA is a league full of point guards. But I think it's it's been lessened a little bit to an extent by the improvement defensively that Damian Lillard has made. And I think that, uh, it, it you know, it's still – we're still waiting for that sample size to develop more. But I think through these 12 games, Lillard's defense has been spectacular uh, from where it – it was I think the step that he, the steps that he's taken have been big he has been more of a complete defender I think a defender that not just paying attention to his matchup but also being really active on the help side and being there for his teammates and I think this is why I never gave up hope that Lillard and McCollum could play defense together because Steph Curry is kind of the, you know, at least to me, was the the example of a guy that didn't play defense for most of the year and was really amazingly talented offensive player. And you say, hey, you know, he'd be great if he could just tune it up on the defensive end. And I think Lillard is doing that. Right now, his on-court defensive rating is 100.8, which is really solid and is way better than it has been at any point in his career. And Day uh, and McCollum's defense has, you know, I I've generally thought of him as a pretty smart defender, a guy that knows how to maneuver around screens, and you know makes up for the fact that he may not be as tall as some of the shooting guards that he's guarding or guys that he's guarding on the perimeter. But both of those guys have played really well, and I think that's Nurkic has been a big reason. I'm I'm really liking the way that he plays in the pick and roll. He, I like the way that he can test shots. Everything on defense with Nurkic looks great, but I think the Blazers would not be a top five team if the whole team wasn't playing really good defense and really great defense. And I think that's where you have to come in and say and give credit to Damian Lillard, give credit to CJ McCollum. But really, I think Dame has been the guy that has really gotten, at least for me, you know, really gotten a lot of criticism, really uh you know said hey you know he really need that's the one thing you know he really needs to get better at and 
I think he's been doing that. And the, the, the offense is going to figure itself out. Dame has never had a problem scoring the basketball in his NBA career. But what he has had a problem with sometimes is defending for a full game, defending for full possessions. And he looks like he's in better shape. I think the vegan thing is helping. I've said this before on the podcast, but I think it it's worth reiterating again because I just don't I, I know that when things happen like this, you know, like every you know, especially when you're watching the Blazers broadcast and you're saying, Oh man, they're just blowing smoke, you know, blowing smoke up Dame's ass, you know, just you know, they're just saying he's playing good defense. No, this is I like I've watched it for all the games. It's for real. It's not it's not something that is is fake. It's not smoke and mirrors. He's really trying out there. He's really doing a great job. He's being really active. He's getting steals. He's playing great defense, and the Blazers are playing great defense as a result. And and you know his three point shot. It could get better. Sure, I think his offense. You know it it will improve. He's not going to have a problem scoring the ball. I don't think he's going to have a problem scoring the ball. And so uh, I think it it just should be addressed. You know I I think we've done a lot of of dame bashing for his defense but i think it you know now that he's playing well i think we should give him credit for that and so uh i think that was an important point that i wanted to point out that even though the blazers are losing these games or lost these games last week and went one and two i feel better about where they are as a team i think they're a more complete team because you know, there's going to be weeks where Dame just goes crazy and scores a bunch of points and he can't be stopped. And that happens every year. And that happens multiple times a year. And so I think there's no reason to get worried right now about where they are. They they did lose some winnable games, sure. But the overall process, I think, is is just much better and is really encouraging. Uh, if you're looking at this Blazers team and thinking about maybe getting a six seed, you know, they're not there right now, but, and they, they lost to, to Memphis. Who's in that, in that region at this point. But I, I think that they could be in the mix for that spot. Absolutely. You know, Minnesota has really struggled to play defense and, you know, there could be some questions about the, 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 parts there you know can is Jeff Teague really the guy that they need especially in the west and Rudy Gobert is out for a while uh the the Clippers have really hit uh, a rough skid after starting the season really hot and the Thunder are having trouble in in close games they've won two straight and seem to be turning it around but you know Portland I think has a really good opportunity here to be in that Memphis range, be in that Minnesota range. And, and, and they've got to take care of business. I think Denver is another team that's going to be in their range, but they've got to take care of these home games. They have got to find a way to be more consistent on the offensive end. And they're getting, you know, they're getting contributions too. you know, this is also part of where the NBA is. The, the everyone's just scoring so many points this season and everyone's running up and down that, uh, it, you know, it's hard to keep up, but the Blazers have been, you know, objectively a lot worse on the offensive end. They, they just haven't been there. And and this isn't to say that they're, you know, it's not that bad. They're, they're 13th on the offense. So, you know, th- that isn't the worst thing in the world, but they could be better. And I, I think Lillard has some room to grow there. And I think that, uh, Nurkic could probably help more with, with the offensive glass, but I, I, I think with 
Lillard, I think I think his three-point shot, it's going to bounce up. And then another guy that hasn't, you know, again, has, I think, played really good defense, I think is a big reason why they're a top-five defensive team. And this is why I don't think that, you know, Blazers fans should be all that worried about it because I think Ter- a Terry Stott's offense is going to learn how to play. And they're going to improve and probably get closer to that top 10 and closer to that top five before the season's over. And I think they'll get there. Mo Harkless has been, and not even from three, you know, one of the things I was talking about before the season and everyone was talking about before the season with Mo was, you know, can he be a better three point shooter? Can he be more of a three and D guy? Can he take that leap to be a guy that you're saying, okay, we can play him 33, 34 minutes a night and we can count on him and we know that he's going to be there for us. But um, the three-point shot hasn't been there, but but that hasn't ever really been what has helped Harkless be effective with the Blazers. It was defense and some of those cuts and, and, and occasional rebounding. And so far this season, he hasn't made any of those shots around the basket Uh He's shooting 39% so far this season. His field goal percentage around the rim is down 7%. And his shooting in the floater area from 3 to 10 feet, that area where a lot of times he would post up against smaller guards, against guys that maybe aren't as athletic as him. And it wouldn't even be so much of a post-up. It would be like a, a cut and then a seal. So he'd cut really hard and then seal, get the catch one dribble and a layup, uh, you know, around the basket, not necessarily at the rim, but, you know, a couple feet away. And he's shooting 11% from that area. And for his career, he's 33%. And last year he shot 45% from the area from three to 10 feet, according to basketballreference.com. And, Harkless is going to get better there. That is something I feel confident about. You know, his three-point shot, I think, is below 30% right now. And he's been he's had some good years and some down years on that end. But uh, I think his percentage, it, while, you know, it doesn't have to get to 45, I think is going to get better than 11%. And, and that's a big reason why the, the Blazers just haven't been very good offensively either is that, you know, Evan Turner has been fairly solid. Pat Connaughton shooting 42% from three. Uh, Ed Davis is getting eight rebounds a game. CJ is shooting the ball. You know, all these things are going well, but, you know, Mo Harkless, the guy that plays a lot of big minutes for you, shooting 39%, and most of his shots are layups or those post-ups against smaller guards, and he's not hitting on those shots. And so, you know, the the Blazers are going to need some better finishing, whether it's off those cuts or off post-ups from, from Mo Harkless, you know, and, and I think he will get there. I think that's something he can get better at, but I think those are all things that are going to take care of themselves. And I think the defense right now for Portland uh, is really encouraging. You have to like where they are. They're top five in defensive rating right now. Uh, and, and, you know, teams, they are, you know, not making three-pointers against the Blazers, and that could balance out. But the Blazers are doing an excellent job on the defensive glass, and they are just not fouling either. And so they're really doing a really good job of, of taking care of, 
of business on the defensive end and everything on that end to me has been good habits encouraging signs and the offense let's let's maybe not let's not worry about the offense you know i i was a little worried about the offense but coming into the season but i i really do not think that this is something to worry about i think that this is something that can get better that will get better just with the averages and i think that uh the offensive pedigree of this team is one uh, of a really solid one and i think when aminu gets back i think he'll help on both ends probably and and the blazers will be even better and so uh as i kind of wrap up this status check-in on the blazers uh, for my uh weekly jump on here on locked on blazers i have to say that even though the blazers are six and six even though they had a one and two week i think the signs of an improving team a team that is maturing some is there and i think the offense is going to take care of itself i think things are going to get better the the you know the nurkic thing i think he he's still young so you you got to deal with sometimes he's going to have ups and downs but i think he'll get better as the season progresses as well harkless will get better and and i think the blazers as a whole are really going to you know take care of business and uh get you know be a more solid offensive team in a team that doesn't have to play golden state in the first round of the playoffs so uh the the signs right there right now are there for me so uh i think six and six record eighth right now in the west but i think things are overall positive for the portland trailblazers so we're gonna wrap it up here with this edition of locked on blazers a part of the locked on podcast network please subscribe tell your friends leave us a five-star review And we'll be right back with you later on this week. Seth is going to have some great stuff for you. And uh, I'll be back again at the end of the week. Until next time, we'll see you then.